Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle Rugg with agmarket.net's Matt Bennett. And we did have a mostly lower day in the grains. Livestock futures trying to lean higher in most accounts, except for a few of the nearby cattle contracts. And all right, Matt, let's talk about the grain trade. Uh, disappointing we didn't see more follow through after the short covering rally that we got in the grains on Tuesday. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you come in here on the overnight market and, you know, soybeans, double digit gains, corn up over five cents. When's the last time we saw that? Hasn't happened for quite some time, you know, in, uh, in very disappointing fashion. You start the uh, day session there on Tuesday after the three day weekend. And quite frankly, there just was no buying that showed up. Uh, you, you had a little bit of excitement building, you know, and then I think uh, some folks that have been sitting around very frustrated about seeing their cash corn values plummet probably rewarded the market. We heard about a fair amount of farmers selling there on Tuesday, heard more farmers selling on Wednesday. I think it's kind of one of those deals where a producer looks at the screen, they say, oh, here we go again. I've had enough of this. And so uh, I think there's a lot of folks throwing in the towel here at the end of the month. Uh, don't necessarily want to roll to the next month, uh, depending on whether you're talking basis contracts, uh, whatever it might be. Some people have their grain on free DP, but uh, the tough thing there, you know, is that uh, there's not a lot of bargaining power. So those with corn still in the bins, I think those are going to be the last people holding out. And I think that's probably where most of your ownership is at uh, right now. Yeah, how much do you think we have left to sell or price here before we get into first notice day? Oh, gosh, that's a tough question. I think the farmer as a whole, you know, whenever you looked at what the USDA said as far as uh, end of the year stocks, uh, there's no doubt the farmer's probably holding on, oh, I don't know, eight to nine billion bushels of corn. You know, I don't know that you quantify that exactly, but it's a lot of corn. And so there's been a lot of talk about the funds, for instance, uh, you know, they're short a oh, billion and a half ish bushels of corn. Uh, there's no question that uh, to cover that position, you know, it would create some sort of a recovery rally. But at the same time, you got to ask yourself if you've got 10 billion or 9 billion bushels on the other side of it, you know, how much do you get? So my thought process is if you, uh, if you go ahead and see some sort of a rally due to the funds buying uh, back some of their short positions, yes, you could get more of a rally on the board, but I don't think you're going to see it as far as cash goes because a uh, basis continues, uh, in my opinion, to be in pretty good shape because farmers haven't been selling. It's not going to look very good though. Once the farmer starts moving corn. Unfortunately, new contract lows in corn today. So how much farther do we have to go down on the charts to find support or maybe uncover some demand? That's a tough question, Michelle. It's, uh, you know, a lot of us have sat here and looked at this corn market for some time wondering, hey, when does the support come in? When do you get in a situation where you can actually uh, uh, feel good about some sort of reversal in direction? You got to look towards a long term type uh, support at this stage of the game. You're below every moving average. We've been below every moving average for quite some time. And so with that being the case, I think I'm just going to step out here and say, you know, what kind of psychological support might you get from $4 corn? Uh, do we want to push it under $4 this early in the growing season? Uh, to be honest, I think that you'll see some sub $4 basis the board uh, this calendar year. I think that the market kind of wants to go in that direction without uh, some sort of a supply shock uh, surprise, maybe out of Brazil, maybe out of the U.S. if we uh, continue the dry trend you know, west of Mississippi. But uh, bottom line is, uh, without any of that, I've got to think that you're going to see a fair amount of threes, unfortunately, on the board. I just think it might be a little later in the year than right now. Okay. I hope it doesn't get that ugly. Soybeans, new lows for the move. The only thing we haven't taken out here is the contract low. If we do that, do you think we've got a lot of downside risk? 
that's that's the unfortunate reality michelle is that people are wanting to wait and see do you hold that uh, summer low you know that we saw back in a uh, july time frame and uh, bottom line is if if you can hold it i think you can make the case that hey maybe we can rebound a little bit there's still a lot to be learned about the brazil uh, crop uh, are we going to run a shortage globally of soybeans no uh, but you know if it is a mid 140s type crop and the usda is at 156 you know uh, taking 11 million tons out of the mix certainly puts you in a little tighter situation uh, than you would be otherwise so as we learn more about the size of this brazil crop i do think that you're going to quantify bean prices a little bit more uh, you know and i'm not saying it's going to be bullish if you get into the mid 140s i just think that it could stop the bleeding it could help you kind of support uh, you know that low holding if you will but if the low doesn't hold i'm afraid you've got a fair amount more downside in this bean market yeah and just to remind folks i think that's down a little over 11.45 in that area that summer low last year okay wheat market did you feel like wheat acted better than corn and soybeans considering what they were doing today considering all things yes and yesterday was one of those days where i felt like hey this wheat market's going to try to do something to pull yeah. corn and beans along you know wheat's taken us before out of the doldrums I, I put a tweet out actually yesterday that i don't know that wheat could take us to the promised land but it might actually give us some support drag us along from completely a, a major debacle here this wow. early in the growing season you kind of got to hope that that happens i do think you'll have less spring wheat acres planted uh, you know, do you get out of dormancy with this wheat and not have any weather issues? Obviously, there's not a lot of snow cover anywhere at this point in the game. Who knows? I mean, if you get one more spout of, uh, you know, uh, extremely cold weather, uh, would that be something to support the wheat market? Yeah. And then you get west of the corn in the western corn belt again. And there's areas that are big uh, in the wheat, whether you're talking uh, Kansas, uh, Missouri and Iowa, there's a lot of really dry areas still. Uh, to, so to me, I don't know that we're completely out of the woods and can say that this wheat crop is going to be, you know, anything too special this year, especially with acres lower. Yeah. So we talk about having adequate supplies and having to go low enough to stimulate demand, but it's also about what the funds are doing. Are they getting to a point where they're getting overextended yet? Yeah, I mean, that's the big question. You know, you look at the, for instance, this corn market and, uh, you know, you're talking probably around a 320 short, you know, obviously the funds appeared that they were probably in there selling today. Uh, that's what most of the people will tell you that are tracking this. And so, you know, if you're 320, I mean, obviously you're over a billion and a half bushels of corn. It's not necessarily a record just yet, but it's certainly, you know, a massive short position. Now, are they going to get overextended? Here's the thing. Uh, they can continue to stay short. There's a lot of money they can throw at this market. Uh, they don't have to necessarily cover at any point in the year, but it would be very abnormal for them, Michelle, to take this big of a short position into the growing season. That's typically not what they like to do. Uh, they want to be a little bit more flexible, but at this stage, they may say, you know what, given the fundamentals, uh, we don't uh, really see any reason to cover these positions just yet. So if that's the case, you know, and then you tack on a 92 or 93 million acre deal here in uh, in March, uh, that's concerning to me. It's been a little concerning to me also uh, that we typically see some sort of support come into this market, especially basis Ds uh, in the month of February as you're setting crop insurance prices. And there's been nothing of the sort that's occurred here. And so it, it's just been a pretty de desolate deal here. Absolutely. And while the funds are short and the grains, they're piling into the cattle market here again. New highs for the move in both live and feeder cattle futures today, although we ended off of our session highs. Are you concerned that the market's getting ahead of itself going into this cattle on feed report? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that you hit the nail on the head. This has been a great rally. I'll tell you what, you know, you drop this fat cattle market 30 bucks. Obviously, it just was a debacle. The funds decided to puke their long positions, uh, you know, but I think at some point they sit here and say, and I hold on a second, you know, how low might some of these numbers be at this point in the year? Now, January cattle on feed placements that we're going to get here this week, uh, you've got to assume they're going to be pretty bullish numbers. Most people are expecting them to be, uh, given the weather, there certainly was some logistical issues there. Uh, but I've got to think that cattle on feed and placements will rebound uh, somewhat whenever we get out a month from now. And so to get too bold up based upon a low number that probably had more to do with Mother Nature than anything, I've got to be a little bit cautious and to take that mindset. And so I've got to think there's going to be a little bit of profit taking going into this cattle on feed report. I'm not saying that we're going to drop off substantially, but there's been a lot of people that's made a lot of money on this move higher. Yeah. And I've got to think that maybe they want to take some of those chips and put them in their pocket for the time being. What's been impressive, Matt, is to see us move to these levels here, considering the Packers have been cutting kills, only 120,000 today. And we didn't have a higher week in cash last week. Yeah, very interesting. And I think what it boils down to is it's a futures market, you know, and with the futures market, uh, one thing I've talked about a lot here lately, you know, is that you looked at September through December in Catalan feed placements, you had some big numbers posted. You had over a hundred, uh, several months here, depending on which one we're talking. Of course, placements, I believe got as high as 106. And so what does that do for you is that it puts a lot of pressure whenever you get out, to, out into the third quarter here. Uh, what, what will numbers look like? I mean, are they going to look excessively low if they're just normal numbers? Uh, probably so, especially whenever you've continued to dwindle the size of those total uh, cattle herd inventory here in the U.S. And so you have less cattle to put on feed, uh, quite frankly, is what it boils down to. And I think fundamentally, uh, we all know you cannot build a cattle herd overnight. I think a lot of these funds are saying, you know what, uh, this thing could be bullish for some time and, and we're going to go ahead and keep our toe dipped in the bullish water here. Uh, maybe we do make new all-time highs sometime this calendar year. Probably not going to happen right now. But again, it's a futures market. And even though, uh, uh, like you say, uh, prices didn't uh, didn't go higher last week, box beef, bottom line is they're looking at the markets on out into the deferred. And I think that they know that uh, higher prices are, are probably going to be coming around the corner. All right. Thanks so much, Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. That is Markets Now.